Well, we have to start the podcast on a, I'm afraid, a bit of a serious note. I need to issue a formal apology to a few different uh, targets. Uh, number one, first and foremost, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the National Predators, the Winnipeg Jets, the New Jersey Devils, kind of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I guess that's it. Toronto, yeah, I guess I could throw the Toronto Maple Leafs in there. Mm-hmm. Basically, all the teams that I have kind of been pulling for in these playoffs have lost. So, uh, if there's any Caps or uh, Golden Knights fans listening, I, I apologize for whoever we end up landing on. I assume at some point during this episode we will come to a podcast consensus on who we're supporting in the final. Anyway, uh, so I, to, to do due diligence, I apologize to those and any other NHL franchises that I have made the mistake of supporting uh, during these playoffs. I have obviously doomed you all to disappointing performances. With that said, George, uh, how does it feel to be sitting next to me and, and you know looking at me and that sort of thing? Feels terrible. You look much better. On, you look much better online. The face for radio. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the face for radio and the voice for silent movies. I suppose yeah. is what they say about me. So you've been great in nineteen twenty. Yeah, nineteen ten. Yeah, those yeah. are uh, those are simpler times. Yeah. <laughs> there were six teams in the NHL, so you won a cup pretty yeah. much every other year. I mean, if you were Montreal, right? Yeah, so uh, we are, well, man, listeners, you ought to see what we're, where we're sitting. We're in a, a recording studio. We made it. We made it. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, kind of. No. It's, it's better than, uh, you won't hear any dogs barking. Um, Which I thought people liked. I mean, it adds a little depth, I suppose. Added a little character. character. It lets people know that Michael, in fact, lives next to dogs. Yeah, Which, with dogs, among dogs. There are... On the floor above, the floor below, so surrounded yeah. by dogs. Uh, anyhow, this will be the new the new permanent digs, I guess, is uh, live, in person. That doesn't really match. That's not really what it is. It's more just from the same location instead of having to do this via Skype and then making George do all the work to splice the audio together. Oh, it sucked. We can record on one microphone. I wonder if, does Best Buy take returns like over a year after you bought something? <laughs> Return my microphone? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, well, it's the off season for the National Predators, so of course you're listening to Between the Fangs, brought to you by thehockeywriters.com. There you go. Uh, so this is second, this is week two or episode two, I guess, of, of the off season for Nashville. Um, still not the you know we still playoffs are still going on. There's still things to talk about, so we're not quite to the, uh, the kind of the dregs of the off season, but. Uh, as far as Predators news is concerned, I guess the, the most relevant thing right now is the, the IIHF World Championships, which featured several national Predators who kind of jumped on the planes, uh, or the plane to Denmark after the Game 7 loss, which I don't blame them. Uh, you want to salvage something out of this this year of your hockey career. Although it's a little concerning, though, don't you think? Because, like, I let a lot of performances go saying, like, well, he's probably injured. Because at this point in the playoffs, you just kind of imagine that everyone's injured. And especially guys like Kyle Turris or Roman Yossi, who had very good IIHF's uh, performances. Those are definitely two players I would not have been surprised to see on an injury list. Um, I don't, I mean, if people get mad, that I guess, you know, it's understandable to be disappointed with how the season ended. And then to see the players kind of, like I said, I mean, figuratively speaking, kind of jump on a plane. Uh, you know, I think Ovechkin got really kind of chastised for that a while ago. 
Um, well, that's because he wanted to win. It, it's really funny because we always talk about, well, Ovechkin doesn't have the will to go to the next round, but he just wanted to win so badly that he would do it wherever he could, yeah. whether it was the playoffs or the IIHF. Yeah, so I, I think, I mean, you're right in the fact that it's it's kind of disappointing to see that these players are still in, like, top shape and, and willing to go play in, in you know, high-level competition while they really... The, the main thing is, and this is especially true of Team Sweden, which featured uh, Philip Forsberg, Matthias Ekholm, and Victor Arvidsson. Those were three players that I was not disappointed with in the playoffs, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Forsberg. It's, you know, it's easy to say that he was Nashville's best player in the playoffs, um, aside from perhaps Johansson. Or certain P.K. Subban. Yeah, and, and P.K. Subban, well said, uh, who is doing a lot of gym exercise according to social media, so that's good that he's just right back into it. Um so I see where you're coming from and that, you know, it's it's disappointing to see these players go and, and compete at a high level when they didn't really as a team uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, um, you know, I, I have to be happy for them. And, uh, and uh, Team Switzerland picked up silver with Roman Yossi and Kevin Fiala. And then the, gold, the bronze medal went to USA with Nick Benino, Nick Benino and... Uh, Coming in fourth in that bronze medal game was uh, Team Canada featuring Kyle Turris. I don't really know how. I know that uh, the the three Swedish players and the two Swiss players were were big parts of their teams. I don't know how much Benino and Turris contributed to their teams. I didn't actually see any individual stats. I don't know. The USA team had some actually really good players. I think they. Uh, I know Patrick Kane went over, but I think maybe Alex DeBrincat as well, and some just some other good players went over. I was a little surprised. Yeah. You know, Americans don't usually take the IIHF you know, tournament seriously, so I hope that that kind of changes in the future because, you know, it's just another chance to to honor the United States as far as, like, winning goes. Right. It's always nice to be Canada, no matter uh, oh, yeah. no matter which round it is or which game it is. But, um, I mean, I if I were the player, yeah, especially a Blackhawks player, if I was Patrick Kane or DeBrinca, you know, it's like this was a nothing season. Mm. Uh, I'd go try to grab something out of it, and I don't. I don't blame any player for um, kind of hustling over and, and continuing the season. There were, of course, a lot of jokes about Kyle Turris's equipment getting sent to Alaska, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite comment was just somebody said, "Well, I'm just glad that he's alive because he's been missing for two months." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hurts, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, who could have predicted this? Well. Don't be too snobby, mm-hmm. only because it bothers me. But you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, time will tell with the turret straight. But mm-hmm. uh, this season, he, he kind of came in and was super hot, and really, a, you kind of woke up Kevin Fiala and, and a little bit of Craig Smith. So hopefully, my thing with and and we may have covered this last episode, but I think perhaps Turris has just struggled with kind of the move from Ottawa, um, getting the family down here. He's got young kids and. I'm hoping that with a, a full off season with the team and kind of settling in a little more, um, maybe we'll start to see some improved production from him next season. It doesn't have, you know, he, I don't know. He, I just want to see something. I don't need him to like immediately bounce back to his contract value, but something would be nice. I mean, he does jump up from that three point five to six million right away. That's two point. That's two, and that's half year at the cap growth gone. Yeah, right there. Right. So we're assuming the cap will jump to eighty. Yeah, it's going to jump up $5 million, I think, yeah. is what people say. Yeah. Which, good on them. Like, that's awesome. That's uh, that's the most it's ever grown, so you can thank Vegas for that one. Yep. Um, 
Always nice to make the owners sweat a little bit, I think. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see, and, and this is pretty unrelated, but some of the teams like, uh, I believe, Carolina and uh, Arizona that were operating with internal caps, um, I think Carolina will lose their, they're getting rid of theirs. I think Tom Dunnan has pretty much said that he will be actually committing fully to this team and trying to get them competitive again, which I don't think they're far off. That's a, it's such an interesting situation because they were so irrelevant last year, but I don't think they're far off from being a playoff team again. It all comes down to goaltending, right? Like, oh, God, yeah. Like, Scott Darling really just, I can't even say he didn't perform up to stuff because he'd only ever been a backup and he'd only ever played in shelter games besides or behind Corey Crawford. So paying him $4 million was a risky move, and I don't necessarily know if it was a great one. But otherwise, you had Cam Ward, who you had to assume wasn't going to make a, a 180 stop change and become this epic goaltender like he was in his first one or two years. So I think once they get back to if they can actually find a goaltender worth playing, you know, maybe uh, I think that I think their fortunes will change. I'm still shocked they didn't throw all the money and draft picks in the world at Ben Bishop like the Stars did. I mean, I can't remember what they or how much they signed him for, but like, if you're not Carolina, are you not just throwing him six million dollars a year? But I guess that's what happens when you get a new owner versus the old one who's willing to spend money. Well, there's a lot of teams that it's in. You know, it's it's hard to say that like Nashville will be one of these teams because they're they're obviously very competitive. They're you know a cup contender still. But it, a team that doesn't get the results they want or, or kind of struggles generally through the season, a lot of the time it's a very complicated issue to solve. Like for Nashville, you know, it's hard to point out what the problem is, aside from maybe coaching, that you know, there's not really one single factor that contributed to a disappointing season from Nashville, or at least a disappointing playoffs. But with teams like uh, Carolina, and I, I tend to think of the New York Islanders, teams that just goaltending is the obvious issue. Um, I mean, the Islanders have some more depth problems as well. Basically, they don't have any NHL players, but, you know. The, the top six just carries them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but well, it, it's just interesting that they don't, that these teams don't try to, like you said, sign a bishop or, I don't know, Carter Hutton. Peter Mrazek. Mrazek. I mean, Peter Mrazek would have like, been fine, I think, if given the starting yeah. role. I mean, he's a little bit of a headache right now, but, like. You don't need a an all-star just get to get to a league average goaltending and if you're Carolina and suddenly that whole season looks a lot different I think 9-15 goaltending is all you need yeah and they just can't they can't get out of any of their goalies which is shocking I mean I think Bill Peters may not have been the best coach as far as defense goes so we'll see what their what their new head coach does but come on like yeah goaltending would have solved pretty much every one of their issues I think it's a good time to be a Carolina fan. It seems like they're going to do some really interesting stuff with, uh, like, fan engagement. I know they started to last season. You could get into, like, the final 10 home games of the year for $90. Yeah, wonderful. Stuff like that. Like that it, it's, it, I don't know how Tom Dunn's going to be as an owner. Uh, he's the owner, right? Or yeah, he's, he's going to be the owner, although he's going to be a very involved owner. Yeah. Because I still don't think that they have a general manager, do they? Right, no, because they couldn't sign anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, um, Minnesota picked up, I'm blanking on his name. Paul Fenton? Paul Fenton, thank you. Uh, is, I don't know, do you want to get into that? Because I still have some stuff on uh, on Carolina. Yeah, we can, I mean, we'll get to that. There's, there's like, it's an off-season episode, so <laughs> you can find as much content as you want. Um, <laughs> I was so, going to say, if I'm Carolina, you know what I'm doing. I'm just breaking out all of the, uh, all of the whalers, 
T-shirts, mm-hmm. and I'm bringing out all their sweaters. Which they started to do. There's, yeah. Their team store is selling Hartford stuff now. I'm playing Brass Bonanza any, any <laughs> chance I get. Just, hell, like, you need something. If nostalgia is yeah. a way for you to make some extra money and to bring, you know, put butts in seats, hey, nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So I think they, t- they, think they t- made some good initiatives this past season. Once they just fully accepted that it was, it was kind of a throwaway year, um, the ownership, I think, did a good job. The new ownership did a good job to try to regain some local interest in the team. And on top of that, I think the team is trending upwards for sure. Um, they need to sign a goaltender this offseason or figure out Scott Darling. Well, did you hear about what they were, what they were kind of saying where uh, supposedly the only person that's not going to be – or the only person that's mm. off limit is Sebastian Ajo, which I think is exactly the right call. I mean, yeah. as far as players that you want to keep in Carolina – Sebastian Ajo is a player. And Yo, yeah. Supposedly, from what I've heard, they also want to keep uh, Martin uh, Nikash. Their first-round pick from this year was a great player overseas. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got to re-sign Noah Hannafin in a year. I wonder I wonder how that's going to go. He'll be an RFA, so it'll be easy to sign. And, I, I mean, I, Jeff Skinner's a name that's popped up a lot, oh, yeah. too, as a potential free agent, um, or a, a trade target, I, I should say. But I would say because Noah Hannafin to to Nashville doesn't make a ton of sense right. in my opinion, but Skinner, that makes some sense. Is Skinner a righty? I'm gonna look. The, I'm gonna look this up. But if, if Skinner is a righty, then that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, especially on that second line because Bill Peters had him on like the third line for whatever reason. He was. If you want to go back and listen to last offseason, I I seem to recall picking Jeff Skinner as a Rocket Richard winner. Did you really? Did. Wow. And at some point in the year, yeah, I looked. Like, I looked that up, and he was in like third for at some point in the year. So I, I can't say yeah. it was terrible. No, 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 never mind. Not Skinner, although I had him up there. Yeah. I, it was. Uh, I'm thinking of. Uh, oh gosh, blanking on the name Dallas. Um, Jamie Ben, uh, Tyler Sagan. Sagan, that's right. Was, Sagan was, was thinking close. Duran. He was. So that's what I was going to say. Are Sagan was Duran. At some point. Sagan was uh mm-hmm. was uh, like third or something overall in goals, so I can't be too ashamed of that pick. Well, let's say so. Jeff Skinner had a little bit of a down year. He had twenty four goals and forty nine points in eighty two games, whereas last year he had thirty seven goals and twenty six assists in seventy nine games. It's basically about a fourteen point drop off, but he was getting top time with Carolina during his great season. Then he was getting like third line minutes for whatever. Uh, in this most recent one. So I still think if he can put 24 points in third-line minutes, he could easily crack, you know, 30 to 40 goals. Um, the only issue is he is going to be a lefty, so you'd have to push down Fiala or you'd have to push down um, Forsberg. And I, we saw Forsberg and Yarnko kind of had some decent chemistry. Uh, they put up some good numbers when together. I mean, Yarnko is a great possession player, and... I think Forsberg might be one of the better possession-driving wingers in the league, so that could work. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you have to wonder about what you have to give up, and it looks it looks like defense, something defensive, possibly Dante Fabro. Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious defensive uh, kind of option for Nashville would be to trade Ryan Ellis. Um, I think yeah. you and I have talked about this before. I'm not sure how much Carolina would necessarily value Ryan Ellis, they actually have one of the, not I would say one of the better defensive groups in the league right now. But they put them top five. Yeah, I mean they're they're set. Um, I'm gonna say my although I sometimes I feel like I overrate uh, Jacob Slavin and uh, and Brett Pesci. Although their their defensive numbers like they're 
their per or their per sixty minutes uh, numbers are fantastic, especially Fenway against and high danger chance against. It's just it's insane. Well, that's the funny thing is, is this year is like the two real outliers I think for from an analytics perspective would be Vegas and Carolina in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone expected Vegas from an analytics perspective. Vegas was supposed to be garbage, and here they are in the Cup final. <laughs> Carolina was like in offensive production and, and well in both actually both ends of the ice they were like seriously I mean a top five team in a lot of for a lot of the season just the goals weren't going their way and you can attribute a lot of that to goaltending mm-hmm. but also you think that oh their high danger numbers weren't that great yeah okay I said it the, see that was that was one of the things was that's one of the things I think they suffer from from Bill Peters was his defensive structure wasn't actually that fantastic and. While their while their goaltending was doing them no favors, they their defense wasn't doing their goaltending any yeah. doing them any help as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we should, should we, are we between the Canes now? I was gonna say <laughs> between the Hurricanes. Although yeah. maybe that'd make more sense if we were in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Topical taking shots at Florida. Um, so around the league, the the biggest news I think is has got to be the Vander Kane contract signs a seven year seven million dollar AAV contract with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, big jump. I mean, this is pretty much a, a like a huge turnaround year for Vander Kane, who was kind of wasting away with Buffalo, and all year he was kind of being rumored as as a uh, trade deadline move a piece, and sure enough, he went to San Jose, who did. I mean, yeah. I'll ask you, as since you're wearing a Sharks jersey as we speak, you know, what do you think about the Sharks season? Uh, the Sharks season was tricky. I, you know, I liked it. I thought that they did a good job against the Ducks, but I really didn't expect the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights to dispatch them in six games. Although to be fair, the Sharks have won more games against the uh, more games against the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs than any other team has. <laughs> so true. I guess I can't feel yeah. too bad, but it is a little weird. Um, yeah, overall, I think I actually, I think I like this deal quite a bit. Uh, Seven million is quite, is quite a, uh, a steep price, but when you consider that he's 26 going on 27, uh, he'll be 33 by this time this deal ends. It's not actually that bad. Uh, he'll only be probably in like the twilight of his prime considering um, I think it, a lot of this really depends, though, on who else the Sharks sign this summer. If they do land the big fish in John Tavares, you know, then this looks a hell of a lot better because now they're playing on a line. You know, the first line is Tavares, Kane, and Pavelski. Whereas if they don't land them and they just have to re-sign Joe Thornton, it's going to be Thornton, Kane, and Pavelski, which in itself isn't bad, but, you know, it's not the offseason that many fans envision having. So, I don't know. I think that a Vander Kane contract is a ridiculous overpayment. Mm-hmm. He has he has put a, he has recorded at least fifty points twice in his nine year nine season career. Yeah, but look who he's played with. I know. So nobody's. He's he he put in. He had fifty seven points of his first season in Winnipeg, his third year in the NHL, and then he put at fifty four total this year. Uh, f- fourteen points in his seventeen games with San Jose is obviously excellent. Uh, he's nearly a point per game player because he was playing with good players. <clears throat> I just I seven by seven man. It's not cheap. I, I will one hundred percent tell you that it's not a cheap deal. And it might be an overpayment, but to keep free agents in California, yeah, especially a player of uh, Kane's caliber, 
Someone was going to overpay him. I think someone was going to give him 7.5, possibly even 8. I mean, <laughs> I know Carolina now has, has money to spend, but can you imagine a line of Vander Kane, Sebastian Ajo, and Andrei Svechnikov? Yeah, fair. I think a lot I just of, I, I mean I'm, I guess I mean, look at the points he put in Buffalo this year without Jack I Eichel I know he didn't even have Jack Eichel on his team <laughs> 20 goals with Buffalo it's great uh, I think I mean you and I are kind of similar though it's like we always we don't like the long term contracts and I just think it's it's pretty nuts to sign him for on a 7 year deal well he'll by the end of the end of the contract he'll be he'll be 33 30, 34 yeah he'll be going on 34 that's not that bad. I mean, yeah. If the it's Sharks, not. It's not. If the Sharks turn around and sign him to like a three-year deal, like yeah, that's going to be trash. It's not but Shea. It's not Shea Weber for the next eight years on like seven and a half million. Yeah. But it's Till forever and yeah, ever. Amen. When he's like thirty-nine or something. Or <laughs> well, and you know who's on the hook if he retires early, right? Nashville, I believe. Nashville. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they were, dude, their capture penalty is like eleven million dollars. Oh, it's geez. nuts. Jeez. If I'm Mark Bergevin, I mean, Mark. Hopefully, you know. Pray for our brothers in Montreal. If Mark Bergman is still there, oh, let's hope that he's not. By the time I'd be like, I'd be nudging him like, "Hey, man, just retire early. We'll give yeah. you, we'll pay you as like way we'll more than you, your contract. We'll give you half of this penalty. Just please, <laughs> fuck over Nashville, please." You know, I mean, as long as PK Subban keeps being one of the best players on the <laughs> National Predators roster, it's hard to criticize. I mean. I think I can't remember. I think I said it best when uh, I said it. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> Stop you there. Yeah. Well, you, know, you ended up quite over Chris. Let's hear, I let's hear it. what you said best. Dave Boyle basically performed alchemy, where he turned yes. he turned copper, you know, Shea Weber into gold. Yes. PK Subban. I love PK Subban. Yeah, it's it's hard not. To, I mean, uh-huh. it's not hard to dislike him because I think twenty nine other or thirty other fan bases yeah. dislike him, but. No, 29, because Montreal 29, yeah, Montreal sure. loves that guy. Yeah, which, you know, he, he did give $10 million to... Yes. Yeah. You and I need to go to uh, Montreal and wear Preds shirts around. I hear that that's a great way to make friends with them. Seriously, yeah. they, they really? love I, Nashville. <laughs> my, my my Nashville uh, shirtsy is Sue Band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I have, you know, I have Johansson. He's a pretty low... He doesn't really ruffle any feathers. Well... You maybe if you said that around Nashville in December, some people might be a little <laughs> upset at you. It's the most he. That's like we represent with our with our jerseys. We represent the most mistreated players in the city, <laughs> in Johansson and Subban. I understand. I get it. Like a lot of the people that don't like that don't like Johansson are looking at us plus minus as like the advanced stat. So. Ugh. 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 Disgusting. Look at any other stuff. Just please, even even if you look at Corsi, which yeah. I think we can all agree is a little bit. It's just, it needs to be heavily contextualized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which all all stats do, but <laughs> just look at something else besides plus minus, please. Right. Yes. For the love of God. Uh, another interesting contract that uh, is worth discussing is what will what will be the case for Nikita Kucherov. Who's um, on the most team friendly deal of all? Like maybe not as good as John Tafaris, who's on like five point five. William Carlson, <laughs> seven fifty. Oh, I'll do you one better. Jonathan Marcheseau, seven fifty. Sorry, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. For seventy one points in seventy two games. That's what I meant. What the fuck? I was thinking Wild that's, Bill Carlson. 
I wonder, it's, what is it's hard contract? not to. Do you know what his contract is? Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah. I don't think he actually has a new deal in place, which if I'm William Carlson, <laughs> I... Vegas has like $25 million <laughs> in protected cap. <laughs> well, they also have to sign James Neal or whatever. Remember when people thought, like, how are they going to sign James Neal? He's probably going to want yeah. $7 million. If I'm William Carlson, I'm asking for the sun. Yeah, oh, James Neal will not... He should not make five again. He should He should take a pay cut if you're right. If, if, you, want, if you want to talk about people that didn't show up in the playoffs... Oh, you're talking about Jimmy. I thought you were going to drop a bomb on me. No. I thought you were just going to make fun of Kyle Torres again. No, William Carlson has somehow kept his 20% shooting spree (laughs) through the playoffs. I don't understand it. Like, I'm a big believer in the laws of, like, regression where every, no matter if you're high or if you're low, eventually it'll go back to the mean. Right. And I, I understand that this could be a little bit of gambler's fallacy, but, like, come on. There's no way he can keep shooting this high. So, Ooh, can you tell me who has the highest contract on uh, on Vegas? Uh, Mark Andre Fleury. No, no, sir. Well, maybe as far as forwards go. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, no, through through all players. Can you tell me who has the highest? Uh, James Neal. <laughs> no, a certain Thomas Tatar. Oh, jeez. At five point three. Oh, never mind. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury makes five point seven five, which is still a steal. Yeah. Oh, for a nine fifty throughout the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, you said it, you don't say it. Well that one what was that one stat the goal saved above above mm. average with eighteen? 18. Everyone eight else is around like the highest is like three and then it jumps to No, say Martin right. Jones had the second best and I remember because I saw it and I cried and he had five. Yeah. He jumps to eight. <laughs> you wanna I I think I remember this. You know who had the third best? Um someone someone that was out in the first round. Was it a Philly player? No. How is it going to be a Philly player? <laughs> uh, um, um, who's the Who's the Devils goaltender that's not? No. It's no. Not Kincaid, Jonathan not Quick with like four goals saved above average. Yeah, talk about a wasted opportunity though. Yeah. The Kings, where they score like three goals in the playoffs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. Talk about goal support. God damn. Oh, oh you know who's also a steal next year? Certain Jonathan March so at five million dollars, even if he puts up seventy points in eighty two games, that's that's still incredible. I can't believe he cost a thousand dollars a point this year. <laughs> it's nuts. I don't know how he does it. All right. Yep. Uh, William Carlson is the lowest paid player on on the team, I believe. Really? Yeah. Although Cat Friendly is doing me dirty, and they're only posting next year's numbers and mm. posting this year's, but I think he. I know he's below a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, which you want to talk about deals. How much is that per $1,000 per goal? Uh, it's just funny to me. They'll come back to Earth next year after they win a cup yes. in their first season. <laughs> like, that's the point where I was like, we're just, now we'll just have to wait till next year before they come back to the mean. It's like, oh, I don't think they'll mind if they've <laughs> won a cup already. Um, I mean, will they come back to the mean? I mean, obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury is not going to be a no. god forever. Like that's, Maybe he won't. I don't, that's the that, thing. Is how true. Even say that how anymore? do we know that he won't? Yeah, that is true. Uh, you you got to imagine that he's not going to be Jesus Christ himself forever. Right. Yeah. Um, but, like, Marjorie his numbers were good. William Carlson, even if his numbers, like, cut in half, which will be the average, he'll still score 23 goals. Yeah. I, so, he's still Kevin Fiala. Um, anyway, back to the original yeah, back topic to here is Nikita Kucherov, who uh, currently is at a four point seven million. So uh, yeah, that's not a bad deal. 
for the for hundred and I think did he hundred points didn't he? I that's I, I made a mistake when not opening two tabs. I'll I'll look it up for him. But yeah, I mean, even if he only put up ninety points, I mean only put up ninety points, like that's still incredible. I'm so mad that he didn't get to the cup final. He didn't look. He didn't. Look I know he had good. a bad playoffs. I don't know well, why. I thought the first two rounds he was fine. He took a lot of. He matched up against a lot of hot competition. Him and Stamkos saw a lot of Bergeron that in sense. that second yeah. that second round. I would do the same if I was playing against him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's only twenty four. I know. Oh my god. A year older than we are. <laughs> that always stings a little. It does. You see that? It's just a little bit. Let's see. He had hundred points exactly. Hundred points in eighty games. Thirty nine goals. And he's making four point seven. Yeah. Whew. Best contract in the NHL. Uh, I mean, be- best non-ELC contract yeah, in the NHL. Best non-Vegas contract <laughs> in the NHL. <laughs> Even John Tavares making 5.5 I for like I, five years. I assume Line is still making 6.5. Or, uh, no, he's making like 8.5. Yeah, like. he's making the yeah. super ELC or whatever they call it. <laughs> same as Ellie told it. Which, by the way, I mean, that's... We should, we'll should we end up talking about that a lot this summer, I think, because he's... He's, <sighs> he's a bum. Maybe so. He played, what, two games? Total bump. <laughs> yeah, total bump. Couldn't even make the lineup. I think that, I mean, they definitely, in retrospect, the Predators definitely made the right decision in, in not burning a year. 100%. Yeah. Because he just did, like, you could see in the first two games, he was not going to have an impact worthy of, of burning that money. So, you know, as much as we, uh, you know, trashed the Predators for how they played this postseason, they at least made the right decision with Tolvin, I believe. Yeah. I mean... Well, would he really have like done that much? It's not like he was coming to the playoffs well rested, or hockey. having played it on North American ice exactly since two years ago. Yeah, I think it would have been a good. Idea. I think I still think it's a good idea to put him at least for the first five to ten games in the uh, in the AHL, just so you can beat up on people. Like, it, I mean, it, it it all depends on training camp, obviously. If you know if he's up there, if if they, I think they should put him on a line with Johansson. And just try to give him, like, the best opportunities to succeed and then see how that goes. Um, and so I've, I've heard about this where people, I think it was another podcast that will not be named because I don't, because it belongs to a, a certain platform, which I don't appreciate. <laughs> where they said, like, you know, kids don't have to earn it nowadays. Kids get to, like, the NHL oh and they just have, they get to be playing the first and second line. It's like, well, yeah, they're scorers. Yeah. You put them on a checking line, they're not going to do well. Is that like, Don Cherry? That's a, <laughs> sounds very Don Cherry. Doesn't like the European kids coming in here and making money. I mean, Ellie Tolvin had played on played in America. Good American boy. boy. Good American. <laughs> Say that, Austin Matthews. Oh, good Arizona kid. Good, good Scottsdale kid. Good Scottsdale kid. That was fun. I will. I will. That was always. Uh, that's some something I won't forget when I was at the Toronto game and they introduced the starting lineup, and everybody was from Ontario, and then Austin Matthews from Scottsdale, Arizona. That's cool. Yeah. Thanks, Coyotes. Yeah. For getting yeah. Toronto the franchise player. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gary Bettman. Yeah. So, yeah. No kidding. No. I don't. That's. Uh, well, no. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm I'll gonna, say this. Okay. That's an interesting topic for me, mm-hmm. and, and and I don't want to sw- you know slip into full Leafs fandom because God knows there's enough Leafs fans in the world. Mm-hmm. But I do like the Leafs. They play the style of hockey that I really appreciate, which is basically the opposite of physical, they, aside from. Is it where they play the Leo Kamarov for 22 minutes and I don't know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but there's there's a lot of people saying that, you know, Austin Matthews exists because of the Arizona Coyotes. 
Or I suppose back then it would have been the Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I watched this, like, NHL Network documentary. It was, like, 30 minutes about him or maybe an hour about him kind of growing up. And his, I think it was his uncle who was a big hockey fan. He was from, I forget what, what state he was from, somewhere with a pretty well-established team. And so he took Austin, young Austin to Coyotes games uh, when he was a kid, which, you know, I'm sure had an impression on him. But I don't, when you see someone who's just that talented, it's hard to attribute it to one, one thing. So I don't know. Is it the, is the, do the coyote do we owe the coyotes for Austin Matthews? Yes. Oh. Yes, I actually believe we do because what the coyotes did when they went to Arizona is what the sharks did when they went to San Jose, where they started implementing junior hockey. Like Tampa. Sure, them too. I don't. I'm not. I love Tampa. Did that's all. I just like using Tampa as an example of how ownership can determine the success of a market. Compare the Florida Panthers to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Which one invested in hockey in general? Tampa. Anyway, carry which, on. Which one had money to invest? Yeah, fair Tampa. enough. But why would you why did you buy a hockey team if you don't have the money to invest? Anyway, carry on. Yes. Well. <laughs> I well, love Tampa. Yeah. Go Bolts. That's Go all Bolts. I'm trying to say here. Welcome back to Between the Bolts, the, <laughs> the hockey writer's only Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, anyways, like... Would Austin Matthews have been able to actually play on a team that traveled to other states if he had been, if if he had lived somewhere like say New Mexico? Oof. How no, many, yeah. no, he wouldn't have. No, yeah, and you're right. You're right. Granted, uh, Arizona has some good teams. Uh, PF Chang's is a decent one. They sponsor a good team out there. Um, and then oh, I thought you were kidding. <laughs> no, oh, PF Chang's. <laughs> My team once got destroyed by uh, by. Uh, honey baked hams in Detroit. <laughs> Do you know how disappointing it is to lose a team called Honey Baked Hams? <laughs> Do you understand what goes through your mind when you're just you're saying while other team has like a ham on their breastplate? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There's a there's a few. There's Copyware, Little Caesars, uh, oh, Little Caesars, Hot and Ready, they Hot and Ready baby. Up. They one two or we <laughs> line up on three three two one. I scouted teams from I scouted players from Little Caesars. One of them won the first round of the London Knights. God bless. Uh, yeah, there's some good players that come out of there, and uh, you know, good on Mike Illich or his son now because Mike Illich. Are we is talking dead. now? Are we talking about San Jose or Phoenix? Oh, that was I was getting to Detroit, but yeah, going oh. back to <laughs> San Jose only has the Junior Sharks, which uh, needs work to say the least. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you can make it your life goal to move back home, and uh, I can't afford to live back. Bring home. your scheme. I was gonna say, unless I'm gonna be like a coach or a or like a general manager for the Sharks. I don't think there's any way I could ever move back. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. Yeah? I could see it. Only, everyone only gets a one-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> we win the cup my first year, and then I trade everyone, except for Mark Vlasic, who will be signed till the day he dies. Yes. I love that, man. Yeah. How Actually, can you can, yeah, I know. You're wearing a shirt. I know. Yeah. As as only Michael can see, I am wearing the Mark Vlasic shirt. And I, uh, on that topic, I think we should dedicate the rest of this episode to Debating how Nashville could possibly get <laughs> Mark Edward Vlasic. I mean, it'll never happen. He makes $7 million now. Yeah. Play him next to Matthias Eckholm and have him play 45 minutes a night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, this is embarrassing. The puck will never leave the neutral zone. Yeah. I love it. Oh, you got me all hot and bothered. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, so we started that convers- that part of the conversation with Nikita Kucherov's <laughs> contract, which so he's making four point seven right now. What do you think a hundred points is worth in Tampa Bay? 
for Nikita Kucherov? Yes. Well, first, we've got to remember that, much like Tennessee, uh, I'm not sure that there's any taxes there's not, at no, all nope. <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> Taxation is theft in Florida. <laughs> yep. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him make either the same or within a million dollars of Stamkos. Um, I'm going to look up Stamkos' uh, AAV right now, but I think he's making about 8.5. Yeah, I don't know anything about Stamkos' contract. Well, if we remember... Stamkos is very similar to what John Tavares is doing right now, where he waited, he waited to hit free agency. He wouldn't sign a deal because he just kind of wanted to see what he'd make. Uh, and then once he saw what he'd make, he decided to go back to, uh, he decided to go back to the, to Tampa Bay because they could a offer him probably the most money without taxes, and b they were in a win now mode. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yes, Stamkos is making eight point five. Yeah, that's about right. That's about yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. So yeah, so uh, four point seven seven for for Kucherov. He's making he's the fifth most highest paid player on their offense behind uh, Palat, Johnson, and Ryan Callahan as well as Stamkos. Ryan Callahan deserves it for getting licked in the mouth by <laughs> Brad Marchand. <laughs> Not on the face, on the mouth. I think it was, like, the upper lip and then, like, up until the nose. Disgusting. (laughs) Which I believe, as I said to my girlfriend at the time, I was, like, hot. (laughs) I have a great picture of it on Twitter. (laughs) Somebody uploaded, like, a high res. Wow. Just Marchand's tongue just planted on on Callahan's upper lip. (laughs) Now, start the fan fiction. (laughs) Speaking of Carolina. I was going to say, they're at Carolina. Calm down there. Yeah, uh, they don't actually... They're going to lose Ryan McDonough probably this year. Oh, no, it says they have... Well, Ryan McDonough's on a great deal. Uh, 2018-2019, or through 2018-2019, they have on $4.7 million. If I was... If I'm Tampa, I'm packaging their first-round pick with Ryan Callahan and just trying to get him out of there so that they have a little more money to sign. Yeah. Because it's probably going to be 9.5. I don't. I mean, I don't know a lot about how Callahan played... This year. He didn't. He scored. I think he scored under 20 points. Yeah. I'm, I feel pretty confident in saying that. And to pay someone five point, you know, whatever, to score 20 points is just not ideal. Yeah. No, not at all. So they. I think the best thing they could do is just trade him. Uh, they have some really good people coming up through the draft uh, or coming up through their prospect pool. One of their undrafted free agents just won one of the best players in the W or in the uh, CHL who was undrafted, who they didn't spend a fucking draft pick yeah. on. Well, yeah. couldn't happen to a team in a worse position. <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay the rich get richer. Yeah. Uh, I love the Bolts. Braden Point can, is my soulmate. Oh, I know. I will I will never stop talking about how fast Braden Point is. That is oh my yeah, god. Yeah, you actually saw him live. I did and it blew me away. It was like I imagine I have I've also seen McDavid live, but I guess he never oh. really had a good chance to put the gas on. But I saw Braden Point sprinting on a breakaway. Woo! That boy's quick. I was going to say, I saw uh, two years ago Connor McDavid uh, in three-on-three overtime. Oh, and let me tell yes. you, I have seen the Mona Lisa. I have been to the Chicago Museum of Art. I have, I have, I'm a man of culture. I've seen some art. <laughs> I've seen two no- art museums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing, and I mean nothing compares to Connor McDavid just taking the puck at his own goal line and just being like, all right, well, looks like I can't pass to my garbage team, so I'm just going to carry this on myself. Who was I think it was Dallas that was playing overtime <laughs> against against Edmonton, and they literally 
They <laughs> they stood with the puck behind the net for two minutes until McDavid got pulled out, and then they actually played and won. It's like you literally just have to wait until he leaves. And he's just he's like a he's an EA like ninety nine player. Like yeah, I'm gonna turn all the stats up, yep. turn the speed up. And, uh, yeah. That's actually, I need to go back and watch that video. It's absolutely hilarious because it's in Edmonton. So everyone's just screaming at the <laughs> Dallas players who are literally just standing behind Ben Bishop. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, you, I feel like at one point, like, you see Clamber's like, nope, not doing it. No. Just like, nope. It's hilarious. And then not Nick David's ass hits the seat and it's suddenly, oh, okay, now we're ready to play and they win. <laughs> um, anyhow, wonderful. long story short, yeah. Gotta love Tampa Bay. Gotta love, love what they've done there. Yeah. Steve Eisman. Well, let's say they, they're a lot like Winnipeg in that their window isn't closing. Where Washington's window, you could argue, this if they kinda, can't. This is kind of their last. I, and it's funny because this is, as, as a lot of people have said, this is pretty much the worst Washington team that's <laughs> been in a few years. And yet here they are finally getting over the hump. Yeah. It's because Kuznetsov it's finally showed up as well as Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah, Backstrom. Oh, Backstrom's great. He's been great. Yeah. All the people, people, for whatever reason, the last couple of playoffs have blamed Ovechkin for his, for Backstrom's failings. Where I feel like Ovechkin has like a point per game and a goal in like in like point six per game. Ovechkin sort of. It's funny because I, I think I was. Uh, it was actually they were playing Nashville. It was Washington Nashville, and I got to see like in real time why people give Ovechkin a hard time. It's he kind of has. The Johansson syndrome of, of like looking like a lazy skater, mm-hmm. so he he gets. But <laughs> I don't remember who scored for Nashville. It was like basically counterattacks. It was really quick transition into the attacking zone, and Ovechkin was literally <laughs> gliding back, just no interest whatsoever in the back check. And Nashville scored, and I just thought, okay, this is why people blame Ovechkin when they lose every year to the Penguins. But this, I mean, the playoffs, he's been possessed. Really, yeah. He's like literally dragging this team across the line when they need it. Um, he scored the game winner in Game Seven. Yep. And just watch his goal celebrations. I mean, he's wow. He just seems excited. Yeah. To play, which, I mean, I pretty much do the same thing, but I'm in beer league, so <laughs> I can't, I can't talk smack. But yeah, I mean, if you're in that stage, why wouldn't you be excited? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's what he's been waiting for for years, his whole career, to be in his position. Usually we always kind of, we tend to blame one player for, like, the mistakes of a team. But just kind of every year until now, it feels like his team has always let Ovechkin down. I will, I mean, one of the worst, like, collapses I've ever seen was last year, Game 7 against Pittsburgh, Oof. Washington. It was literally Game 7 in their barn, and they just did not care. <laughs> yeah. they just, they, I think they got one goal scored against them, and they just quit. It was like, I guess they've just seen that movie before, and they were just like, well, why delay the inevitable? But I was like, I... That, I mean, that fan base must have been on the edge of the cliff. I remember I was at, I remember because I was at, I was at the old bar that I used to work at in Chicago, and I remember seeing people in capitalist jerseys leaving the bar and being like, how could they leave? And I looked up at the screen and I saw people from the Capitals home rank leaving the oh rank. Oh my God. And being like, oh, this is, this is a, a fan wide yeah. thing. Like everyone, everyone knows how and this And then the, the Capitals read it. <laughs> profile like went on their on their subreddit and was like hey we just want to thank the best fans in the world right now and oh my god they just got <laughs> death threats because it was like literally right after the final whistle and they were like well thanks for another great season guys <laughs> it's like oh anyway uh this year obviously that's not the case although they've run into the cinderella story of the uh, century 
in the Vegas Golden Knights. So it's George McPhee's like what yeah, dream? Right, exactly. Two teams he built. Yep. When he was like, like a kid playing, I don't know. Well, what did what? Did, how old is he? Like I was like fifty or sixty. What did they play when they were kids? Jenga. I was gonna Lincoln say Logs. Dirt. <laughs> dirt. <laughs> when he was playing the dirt, he was pretending to build NHL teams, and now he's got two teams in the Cup final. Which good for him, but he still traded Martin Urat for Philip Forsberg, <laughs> and I we will never live that down. Even if he wins the cup, I feel like I feel like Martin Urat's gonna come out just and steal it from him or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, the best thing is Forsberg always scores against Washington, like, so it just adds to the insult to injury. But I just I want I want you to imagine this. I want you to close your eyes and imagine this. Okay. I'm not gonna close my eyes because I'm actually with you right now, yeah. so I won't do that ever. That's probably smart. <laughs> the Caps win the cup. Yeah. Everyone's celebrating, you know, George, or not the Caps, I'm sorry, but the uh, the Golden Knights oh, okay, win. Yeah, 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 I was going to say, the Golden Knights Start win. over. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the Golden Knights win. George McPhee grabs the cup. Everything's just happy. All of a sudden, the lights go down. And the, they go down for like five seconds, maybe ten seconds. Lights go come right back up. And the cup's gone. And then you see David Poyle with the cup, as well as Philip Forsberg. And be just flipping him off, just being like... Yeah, we stole we stole this one from you. We'll still we'll steal it again. I still I'm a big proponent of the idea that every if Vegas wins the cup, every general manager has to pass the cup down a line <laughs> to George McPhee. If you if you want to blame people, blame your team's general manager. I guess that gets said a lot, but that's how I feel. I think it was Greg Bashinsky who said like all their all the uh, all the players during the cup parade should wear their their jerseys. <laughs> That would be amazing. I'd love it. Um, just so I pick. guess I mean this is as good a time as any to pick uh, who we're gonna whose chances we're gonna ruin by picking a, a favorite in the cup final. I'll let you start. Like, who's gonna win? Convince me who will win this cup final. Golden Knights. And why is that? Uh, because I've rooted against them and I picked against them in all three series so far, and not only have they beat those teams, but they beat them handedly. They have not struggled many times. I mean, they've pretty much coasted through these playoffs. I, guess, I mean, they had a game seven. But like Glad said, like, you know, clearly Nashville wore them down. Or clearly Nashville wore the Jets down. But, dude, that Jets team just looked done. Like, oh, they just didn't. It's like after, I mean, I guess this is logical, but after just a battle with Nashville, and then they go to the next round. Was it even that physical? Stop. It went seven games, right. so you have to... The, yeah. And there was a few overtime games. There weren't too many. I mean, like, there weren't a whole lot of injuries. If there any. weren't huge, huge big hits, and a lot of the big hits went against Nashville. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Bufflin was a beast. Yeah. But I imagine, like, he's built, like, a guy that could kind of handle that for <laughs> seven games. Um, Shit, brick house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the phrase? <laughs> Close enough. It works. Um, yeah, but I mean, they just like it was. I mean, nobody will compete with with Anna, with Southern California and how little they showed up in their round of the playoffs. But <laughs> they won zero games. <laughs> just not, by just little dot even come. Um, but yeah, Winnipeg. I, I mean, you got to be somewhat disappointed, I think, as a Nashville fan to to get eliminated by that team and then just watch them go. Would Nashville have done any better? That's th- I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, I thought about that a lot. They when they played during the regular season, it was so evenly matched. Is that my favorite? Maybe the best game I've ever, best regular season game I've ever watched was this year. Uh, I think it was 
I don't remember which which venue it was, but Nashville and Vegas, and it was a like a one nothing game, and Nashville won, and that was almost I would say arguably the best hockey game I've ever watched. Like they're very evenly matched. Would they have been in the playoffs? I don't know because Pecorino was not his regular season self. The you know, Roman Yossi was garbage. Well, I don't know as we talked about last last episode. Yeah. He wasn't quite as garbage as he looked, but looked pretty good in the Double IHF. Yeah, right. Yeah, scrub. Hates Nashville. Roman Yossi hates Nashville. Let's start right. that rumor. Why can't I wish people would just you know instead of instead of saying that PK Subban's a bum, say that Roman Yossi is. Although I, I think both are great defenders. Yeah. They're great players, not defenders. They're also probably the two best looking players on Nashville. So you can't say that one of them has like the, the sex appeal. Pecorino is really good looking too. For, especially for he's kind of like he's kind of like a under the radar. He's got kind of the Lundqvist goaltender sexiness going on. I mean, yeah, I especially for a thirty five year old dude. Like, yeah, he's got like he's one of those delfs. He likes uh, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> he's a he's a good cook too. He likes cooking. Is he? He could be very domestic for you, George. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what you have to offer him. But, I, you know. I, I have nothing. I have. Sharks fandom. That's, <laughs> that's really it. Um, I don't know. You know who's all you... And I don't mean to be too much into this, but you know who's really, like, low-key good-looking? UC Saros. Yeah, oh, he's, like, he's, he's like cute, because he's, like, 21, right? So yeah. He's, like, kind of adorable, like, maybe 22 now. Yeah. He doesn't have, like, the, the hotness yet. He'll I like, get there. He's got, like, a little mole. He's got potential. It's nice. This is... Okay, we should have just been talking about this from, from the beginning of the episode. Yeah. This is something I could talk about. <laughs> This is important hockey news. Uh, yeah, there's. I mean, the, uh, I think a lot of the Church of Saros, as we've as we've referenced before, is actually based on somewhat a, a, kind of a physical attraction. Yeah, praise be. Uh, I know several people personally who are uh, deeply interested in the. But there's a lot of good looking. You know, well, I don't. I don't want to get too interested. But also, uh, recent dad Hartnell, Scott Hartnell. No. No. Maybe it's just because when my hair gets, like, long, it gets kind of afro-y. Maybe that's why I'm like... Yeah, I mean, you're talking to me. I used to get the Jufro going on a lot. That's what I was told, anyway. Where? It's, it's kind of straightened out in my old age. I was going to say, if, if you ever go through Facebook photos of me, it's, uh... I will never do that. Yeah. I don't want to see any smart. more pictures of you ever. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe we should get off this train. Yeah. Basically, Nashville still has the best-looking team in the NHL. So. They're a very doable team. <laughs> <laughs> Their doability yeah, for 60 sure. is incredible. Doability <laughs> over 60. Um, oh, geez, what were we talking about? Oh, I guess we were just talking about Vegas. And yeah, <coughs> I would say if Nashville could not beat Vegas. I would have, yeah. Nashville relies too much on that trap, like especially when they have the lead. I really don't think that they're as good as kind of that trap made them seem to be. Even when teams would break through the neutral zone, like the Predators could do little to stop them. Like in the actual defensive zone, especially in the high danger area. Vegas is fast. I, I mean, that's I, like as much as you talk about. I mean, it's hard to ignore how Mark Henry Fleury has dictated the outcome. Like, I mean, when you put a nine five through rounds, it's, like people are searching around for the answer to Vegas. I mean, that's it. Like, sorry, it, they're they're playing well. I'm not taking they're, anything yeah, away good, from Vegas. Good but, team, but. Mark Andre Fleury has made this like essentially a cakewalk for them. And let's not forget that that team scored only like six or seven goals in the first round. Right. Well, they only had to. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> um, when you're in the team, only scores three. Yeah. You don't exactly need to. It's, surely that was like the lowest scoring series ever. 
Was it like I didn't hear anything about like it. Like nine goals in a full playoff series, ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. um, I don't. So it, with Vegas' speed and how Nashville was playing defensively, because the, the other really fast team Nashville saw in the playoffs was of course Colorado, who had like one fast line. And they, I mean, they that was like the introduction to a very bad playoffs for Nashville's defense. It's like they were always turned around, going the wrong way, faced the wrong direction, and McKinnon's just so fast. And I, I shudder to think at what the Marshall line would have done. Because um, they're pretty much based on speed. Yeah, it would have been fun from a neutral perspective, but not as a Nashville fan. So, yeah, uh, yeah Nashville fans listening, I, I wouldn't be terribly disappointed that they didn't play Vegas because I don't like necessarily like their chances. Yeah, I especially if Mark Andre Fleury can actually. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. If you put like, I mean, Pecorino is supposed to like an eight nine or something. <laughs> Against a nine five, ooh yeah, yeah, it's that's gonna get ugly. Do the, do the Predators win a game though under those circumstances? Because the Jets won a game. Yeah, because there's gonna there's always gonna be one game. I think like where Pecorini just shows up. Yeah, and then you know they they bring in the trap or whatever like they did against Winnipeg and it works. So I've been watching more Vegas recently. They actually they employ a very interesting style of trap hockey, but it's that weird forecheck man where normal normal trap hockey is usually you let the like the offense or the other team come to you, right? But yeah, Vegas just goes to their goes to that team and just pressures them into a corner, and they cause so many turnovers, and that's where Marchessault makes his money. It's just in transition. It's weird to say that though with a team that employs Derek England in their top four, that they're a fast team. Yeah, I know. It's I mean they're weird for so many reasons. It's dumb. It's the the misfits. I don't I don't love the narrative because they are like a perfectly valid NHL team, but. You know, there no one. I don't. As they, as everyone has agreed, like no one is not surprised by this. <laughs> and if you are, then you're a liar. Yeah, or show me proof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I said jokingly last summer that I thought Vegas would be great, and I just <laughs> wanted to make you mad. Like I didn't actually believe it. <laughs> I shouldn't admit that. I should just pretend that I'm like a prophet. Uh, anyhow. It's okay. Everyone knows you have a garbage opinion. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I'll share it till my dying breath because people deserve to hear it. Uh, so who are you picking? Basically, Vegas or Vegas? Vegas. I said Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Because you said that you've bet against them so many times. Yeah. We just get so off track. Uh, I'll pick the I'll pick the Caps. Because I'm going to keep betting against <laughs> Vegas until, until I'm a dead man. That's... And you know this means that they're actually going to win this time. Or you know. Well, see, here's the thing: is we've. You and I have liked similar teams mm-hmm. throughout the playoffs. So, and then as a podcast, we've been wrong, but now we're split. Yeah, so, so one of us has to be right, and then we can't get blamed as a like a, a general entity for ruining this. I'll pick Washington. I want to see Ovi marching around, preferably in Vegas. You <laughs> see him like skating around in Vegas, Sin City. Okay, I want him to win at home. Yeah, and then I just want him to go straight to a, a casino and like win a whole bunch of money. You know what the, the worst part is? He's probably going to win the cup, and then, like, the camera's going to come and he's like, I owe this all to Vladimir Putin. We're just like, oh, no. Make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Not Ovi. I think the only, uh, like, super open Trump supporter in the NHL is Robin Leonard. No, Vinny Malkin, too. Don't you remember? Imagine created Team Putin. Yeah, not Putin. I'm talking about Trump. Oh, the did, Russians did, have to be, because otherwise did, they'll take your family or yeah. whatever. <laughs> did Leonard really? Was he, he really? He had, like, a ma- like a, on his goal mask, he had, like, something about Trump or something. Yeah, that man is crazy. Yeah, that kind of made me not too disappointed <laughs> that he had a terrible season. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, 
mean, then Bobby Ryan, who you know, I'm also glad to see fail too. Yeah, yeah, he's got some weird takes on Twitter. Yeah. If you're a professional athlete, why are you on Twitter? Yeah, seriously, it can only go badly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no one's no one's stock has ever been upped by Twitter. Right. Same yeah. thing with like Elon Musk, or whatever the. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really taken a hit recently. He's, he's so, like, socially awkward and does, like, interesting things, so I think people forget that he's just, like, another rich asshole. Yeah. But he's reminding everyone. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the best tweet I ever saw was today where it was, like, he's the modern-day, like, Henry Ford. And yeah. And someone's, like, he does something, and she's like, oh, shit, he's the modern-day Henry Ford. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he created an entire industry in the United States, but also he's, like, well, this is Henry Ford. He's, like, also a huge Semite, so it's, yeah. like, yeah. Elon Musk hasn't gotten to that level, but I mean, he's like taking on the fake news media now. And well, like, his whole thing of like they run the media. That's uh, yeah. I feel like we should stray away from those. Oh, seriously? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that was today. That was what's today? Sunday. Yeah. Like I saw it this morning on Twitter is a. Yeah, we won't. We won't get into that. <laughs> we'll stray away from yeah. that. It was they with multiple parentheses. Ah, they. Maybe he's just talking about I don't know the aliens. Blizzard people. Yes. It's like Alex Jones. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, if you're a professional athlete listening to our podcast, get, get off get Twitter. Twitter, please. It can only be like you can maintain like your social credibility or you can lose it. There's no like higher. Yeah. You can't get any better. I was, if I was even remotely famous, what I would do is I would just post pictures of me helping out with charity or whatever. There you go. Just the utmost positive shit that you could do, which is pretty much what PKC Man does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, like, he's, he makes it so hard to be unlikable, and then he plays, and he makes it very hard to be likable. <laughs> it's such, like, a two but extremes. Like, well, he's an, he's an asshole, but he's, you know, he's our asshole. Like, yeah, and, he, yeah, he's, like, obviously has a good heart, but then he goes and, like, cross-checks people, <laughs> like, and then flops. It's, uh, PK Subin. I thought for sure he was going to be injured. Yeah. Man, there's so many players. I was, like... Genuinely shocked that they had three injuries. And one of them was Mike Fisher. Who yeah, like, we, we knew all three of them before they came right. out. I didn't know Hartman was injured. It makes sense oh, in retrospect. Yeah. But I didn't know how injured he like, sur- required surgery. That's yeah. pretty legit. Separated his shoulder, eh? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Which it was because it was him, Fisher, Yarncroke. Who they never said, I don't think they've said yet what happened to Yarncroke. They said he was injured. They never said what, though. Right. I think they just said upper body. Which We had always speculated it was a separate shoulder. But if that's what Herman has, then he has to get surgery. Maybe just dislocated it. I don't know. I I thought originally he broke it, but he broke his collarbone. But Yeah. I, th- I figured he was concussed as well. I mean, he's okay. I, mean, I was against Winnipeg, actually. Yeah. Against uh, Andrew Kopp, who I believe was the guy who just wrecked him. Mm. <sighs> Rub some dirt in it. Mm. Get back out there, bud. Um, okay, so I, you, basically you're picking the Knights, and I'm picking the Caps. Yep. Yep. That's what we went through all that to figure out. <laughs> uh, we'll get, we can save a lot of this, I think, for our next episode. Again, we got to pace ourselves here because we're, yeah, we got we're in the offseason here. But we can talk about – this is just something interesting. I thought – I was all last year I was very impressed when I would pull up Cap Friendly and see Nashville. I believe we're like 16th in Cap space. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden – uh, without signing anyone, they're jumping to sixth. Uh, so they're not they're they're looking a lot worse so far in cap space. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is up. Yeah, that's updated for next year. Um, as we've decided, Salamaki will not be offered a new contract. Should not really be offered a new contract. Um, I'd be kind of disappointed if they wasted 
$650,000 on that. But the roster spot. I, he's, uh, and it's disappointing because you and I have actually, I mean, we talked about this last week too, of like, he has some upside. It just disappeared. And I'm not willing to, on a, when the cap is going to start getting a little tighter, I'm not willing to waste money on a potential upside that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, so basically, I think they'll have, um, I haven't even seen, there's a seven and a half, I believe, is their projected space. Yeah. 7.5. But uh, they'll, we're assuming that will jump to probably 12.5, 12.5 with mm-hmm. the, the new cap cap size. That's a lot of money. I mean, there's there's some there's potential targets out there. We've there's been, a John Tavares in there somewhere. We've been talking about Tavares as like an ultimate dream. No yeah. one thought Subban would be going to Nashville. But, I always remind you. Yeah, but let's remember something real quick. They also have to re-sign Ryan Hartman. And they have to resign uh, UC Saros. Yeah. Who should get a bridge deal? Yeah, probably probably somewhere in the two to three million yep. dollar realm. Yep. I'd which off, probably I'm, offer him three because you know that he's you pretty much know he's going to be the guy of the future unless there's an injury or some something else wacky. Yeah, you want while to you still have side. while you still have Pecorino around, I would I would try to give him a small extension and then uh, if he continues to play at the level he has been, then you offer him the big one. Yeah, which. I can see him making seven seven million dollars at twenty five years Someone old. Someone should offer sheet him. Yeah, seriously, this is this is the summer to offer sheet people. There yeah. are a few big RFA's coming up. I feel like. Yeah. I can't remember. Who. Imagine, uh, I don't know, what if Carolina offers him eight, and Nashville's only offering him three. Yeah, that's that'd be a tough one. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I know. Offer sheet, it's it's like the most the biggest untapped market in the league is offer sheeting. Which I get it. Like, you want to be friends with all your other GM buddies, but Why? are you not trying to win? Right. Let's see. Is there any... There's some, there's some decent or, or unrestricted free agents, though. you got a... Uh, uh, John, besides John Tavares, you have Thomas Placanic, who's probably going to go back to the uh, Canadians. You have Mike Green, who's a decent third-pairing defenseman. Paul Stetson, he's a two- to third... Third line center. Rick Nash is, is a two to third line winger. I realized that's he was a UFA. Yeah. I thought he was going to be with Winnipeg for a while. No, nah, dude. He's expensive too. Is that seven million? Yeah, he's yeah. not going to make that much money though. No. Yeah. Um, who else? James Neal. That'll, be the, that'll probably be another big one. Yeah. Damn, he's going to be 30. What was his point total this year? 44. Four, no, 40, yeah, 44 and 70. 25 goals. Okay, so he did better than I thought. I thought he had really, like, regressed hard, which I guess he did because he was, like, a point-per-game player for the first two months of the season. Yeah. He was the only player that could score right. for, for Vegas for the first few games. Yeah. Jack Johnson will probably get overpaid by someone. Oh, I didn't know he was this bad. He only scored 11 points in 76 oh, games. Oh, $5 million. Oh, baby. 11 points. Woo. Not good. Jamie Van Riemsdyk is going to be swimming in cash. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be great. That's that's uh at twenty nine at twenty at the year at the age of twenty nine though you're going to be someone's going to overpay him as far as term goes. Talk about needing offensive production on Nashville. JVR. <laughs> yeah. If you if you only get him to sign to like a three year deal, but dude, someone's going to give him like seven. But yeah. if someone gave Kane seven by seven, someone's going to give him eight by seven. Ugh. Oof, too much. Yeah. Too much. But you're right. I mean, it's a copycat league. Yeah. Then then the big one, John Carlson at 28 years old, 67 points in 81 games as a defenseman. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That's coming. That's a whopper. That's going to be for. He's making uh, Roman Yosti money. Yeah. <laughs> scored, what, 60, 50 points? 60 yeah, while well, actually being good on defense. <laughs> Oof. Shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, the uh, with the sixth most cap space in the league right now, Nashville is poised to lose uh, three contracts. Uh, Fisher retires, take two. Emelin is thankfully good. not being re- uh, offered another deal. And Hartnell is retiring as well. He hasn't said he's retiring, but he's not re-signing with Nashville. They yeah. have not offered him a new deal. I assume he'll retire. Surely. I don't know. He's kind of made it. He's kind of said he wants to play another year or two. I think he's still chasing that cup. Who does he go to, then? Who picks him up? For, I, like, nothing. Like, I mean, he made $1 million this right. year, right? Like, I can I can see him taking another deal like that with maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I was going to say maybe Tampa Bay <laughs> If he wants to win a cup, that's probably the best place to do it. How funny would it be, though, if he goes to Winnipeg? Yeah. He wouldn't be bad. They don't have as much offensive depth there. Right. I also don't know how much he wants to move, though, because he seemingly likes Nashville. Although, he still apparently lives the majority of the year in Columbus. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know much about him. He's kind of an enigma to me. Original Nashville predator, but... Well, not totally OG, but... Yeah, he was one of the first draft picks, I want to say. Yeah. Like, first, like, five. Yeah. The first five years, yeah. No, yeah, he's a good player. He's, I think he he's worth having on, a, like, a, just a depth player. And it, the good thing about him is he completely understands that that's his role. Yeah. Having him on your roster doesn't really take anything away. Um, for Nashville, I think they just... Like, they've got some forwards that they're... I think they're trying to get in more involved. Yeah. Um, Basically, Tolvanen, I guess, is the main one. And then... Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. They don't... As uh, as it's been evidenced many times lately, the National Predators do not actually have very many offensive prospects. Yeah, their prospect pool is a little bit dry ever since, you know, they called all of them up to the NHL. Yeah, right. <laughs> Suddenly, they were all NHL players. Yeah. Poor admirals. Yeah. But they might get Tolvanen for a little while next year. They should, anyway, I think. Which I think would be better for Tolvanen's two-way game. Just to, and again, it's also it's always good for confidence to give players that, yeah. that score just a chance to beat up on some lesser competition. You yeah. hope it doesn't backfire and Tolvin and just goes scoreless for his first ten games. Well, it's funny that uh, players that get talk about players that get sent down and play poorly is UC Soros gets shelled every time he gets sent down. <laughs> it's, I mean, Milwaukee's not because this cause year they were really yeah. bad, but it's just funny. It's like. This guy who blows people away in the NHL, and then he goes down to Milwaukee for just to stay sharp, and he loses like four nothing or something. <laughs> just gets his ass kicked. Yeah. The eight ninety five, I think. Yeah, it happens. I'm. I mean, we talked about this a lot. I'm ready. I'm ready to start seeing the transition to use 40, 41 and forty one, baby. That's. I would love it. Because it's not gonna happen. No. Um, I mean, where it's funny because if without this regular season, that's such an easy conversation to have, but. Could Rene put up more Vezina numbers? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I guess we didn't think it would happen this year. Yeah, that's true. I was I was ready to move on from him after this after last year where I was just like, oh, you know, goaltender of the past. He has he had his run. He failed. Move on. Oof, man, it hurts. It hurts. Although, who says no in this in this deal right now? Rene for Lundquist. I say no. <laughs> Why would I want that? I don't know. Because Lundqvist is actually good in the playoffs. That's just for something different. I don't care about it. It's better is it is worth talking about. Different is not. Yeah. 
Sometimes you need something different. You've come up different. with some good trade ideas for Have me. I? That is not one of them. Have I? <laughs> I'm unaware of any good trade ideas. I mean, basically, any, uh, as, as much as a sentimental attachment as we all have to Pecorini, it's, there's a lot of things you could do that would make sense. Uh, but I don't, getting another aged goaltender to me, expensive aged goaltender, I don't know. Pecorini to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Yanny Gord. Who says no? <laughs> I think he's Laurel Gord. <laughs> oh. oh, man, he talk about... Oh, yeah. He's kept up at night by that miss. Yeah, I... Who the defenseman made a good play, but... I think it was Brooks Warpick, yeah. which is hard for me to say he made a good play, but... That, I mean... You gotta tap that's that one in. Of, that's one of those where it's, physically speaking, probably more difficult to miss than score. <laughs> which I've <laughs> seen, it happens at soccer a lot. They just roof it when you have a wide-open goal, but... The Craig Smith... Oh, yeah, exactly. That's the one I always go back to, and I always that one always gets a laugh See, out of I me. think that one's not even as bad as the time he blocked his own shot, which I, I it doesn't sound it. physically possible, and you watch it, and it doesn't Did he, like, he shoots the puck, and we're acting it out a lot now. Yeah, I was going to say. He shoots the puck, and I guess he chip gets underneath it, so uh-huh. it's kind of, you know, floating oh, over the and goal center, the, and then it's on the follow-through, it actually hits the backhand of his stick, and it comes out. <laughs> he saves his own shot. If that tells you, I think that was last year. If that tells it's, you anything about how Craig Smith was playing last year, but yeah, missing the that's the, the empty net goal when he roofed it. <laughs> roofed it. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, Craig. Good oh. University of Madison boy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. as a Kyle Turris. Yeah, only for years so doesn't really yeah. count. Um, yeah, it was funny when he when Turris got traded down here. All the radio hosts were interviewing him about playing with Craig Smith, and he's like, I never played with Craig Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were only a year separate, but, you know, it's like, that's not a great question. Yeah, it's, it's like, and they're like, how do you feel about Wisconsin's, because they were in, like, the final four of the uh, NCAA playoffs. They're like, how do you feel about that? He's like, obviously doesn't care. He's like, oh, I mean, it's, it's cool. <laughs> it's good to see. Good to see, you know. Went there just to buy time until they got to the NHL. Yeah. People forget, he really did not want to play in Arizona. Really? Him and Blake Wheeler. I know that. And like we were, were big, like we're big parts of like turning the Coyotes around, and both of them were like, "Yeah, no, I don't want to do it." Interesting. Which, like, at that point, I don't blame them. Like, it's pretty not. I mean, I I got into this a lot when Nashville first picked him up at the trade deadline, but I think he was drafted behind Kane. Who? Um, Torres was drafted. He was like the third overall pick behind only two players, and one of them was Patrick Kane. Yeah, I think that was the uh, like Kane and, Dran- and Van Riemsdyk yeah, trade. he was a big deal. Um, let's see what Kyle Terrace was drafted. Because I actually don't know off the top of it. I want to say it's like 20, 2007. Yeah, I think you're right. I was, that, I was just surprised. It was like, I don't know about third overall behind. Yeah, 2007. Yep, uh, Kyle Terrace went third overall yeah, to the JVR. Phoenix Coyotes behind both Patrick Kane and Jan- James Van Riemsdyk. And Patrick Kane, of course, coming off that legendary season for... Uh, for the London Knights, but <laughs> There's a lot of good names in this draft. Yeah, this is Thomas Hickey to L.A. was a little yeah, bit of a head yeah. scratcher. Sam Gagnier, Jakub Voracek, Logan Couture, big one. Brandon Center, Ryan McDonough, Shankar, Lars Eller was that? That was a that was not a bad pick. Ellis for Eller hashtag. Is that real? <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> oh, that's, it's, it's a good thing you're not in charge. No. Max Pacioretty at twenty two. Uh, the Sharks, that was actually the Sharks pick for a long time. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. That's where the, uh, the Nashville chose Jonathan Bloom, or Blum. <laughs> not a good one. Not, uh, not, not good at all. David Perron, yeah, not a bad first round. Second round was okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, perfectly clean. Now I'm just going through, I'm like, oh, do I remember any of these people whatsoever? P.K. Subban, 2007. Oh, second round. 43rd overall. Wow. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty. He was drafted well behind Kyle Turris that year, if that tells you anything about <laughs> NHL drafting. Yeah. Oh, man, there's some people here like, uh, oh, Wayne Simmons at the end of the second round to L.A., I believe. The Owen attack. The Owen sound attack. Owen sound. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Uh, so those are, I mean, to, to way backtrack, <laughs> we've got, as we, man, we get we are so bad at that. Yeah. We are really bad at tangents. No, no bueno. Uh, we just start calling between the tangents. <laughs> <laughs> we are gonna come back to that joke many times. Yeah. We're gonna come back to the wall on that. Uh, so Emelyn gone. Thank goodness. Where do you see Emelyn going, if anywhere? Into KHL. the sun. Into the KHL. I I do. Yeah, yeah. The KHL. Although, I don't think he goes immediately. I feel like some team is gonna be like. He has valid. Like he's. He's not a bad. He's better than a lot of de- like depth defensemen. He's just that. He's a depth just defenseman. Not in the style that they were playing yeah. in, you know. Like, if you want him to be fast, he's just not going to be fast. Right. Yeah. See, Patrick Kane played honey baked, honey baked ham. Stop. He had 160 points in 70 games. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Those leagues can get a little nutty sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> For honey baked. No. Um. <laughs> Uh, so Emlyn's gone. Hartnell's gone. Uh, may, might see him with another cup contender, and I would assume Salonaki's gone. Fisher's gone. Hooray! There's, yeah, he stole. He was, as you said he stole a million dollars. <laughs> he stole a million dollars from the Predators. He just walked in, played thirty games. Was like, all right, see y'all. I'm gonna take that million dollars now. Go sit in a deer stand with Carrie Underwood. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Tough life. Yeah. Tough life, man. It's gotta be rough for him. Although I guess he did hurt his knee, so all is yeah. not totally well. He'll be on. I imagine he'll be on crutches for a while with that surgery for a torn meniscus. Stop shrugging. It's it's don't care. Like it doesn't matter what you think. It's a big injury. Like I've been through knee injuries. No one cared where I went through a knee injury, so I'm not gonna care what he does. It's like when my girlfriend tries to get me into gossip crawl, and it's a bunch of rich people problems. Like I don't care. Like it's oh a, no, your fashion line isn't gonna work out. That's oh, an interesting no. show. That's an interesting show. Who's the who's the real rich guy who talks like this? Oh, it's a uh, Chuck, Chuck Bass. Chuck Bass. Yeah, I said I told I told my girlfriend I was like I hate him just for the way he talks like. Oh really? That's, he squints his eyes and talks like this. That's exactly who I want to be. He's like a worst Batman. No, that was some of the worst acting I've seen in any television yeah. show. Like in Gossip Girl, I can't hate on it too much. It's like, it's a bad concept, but it's done pretty well. But Chuck Bass yeah, is they, like they they made it last seven seasons. Like Chuck Bass, man. But, Constantly kind of shrugging and squinting and talking really low. Yeah, you're right. It's like he's like a, a Batman with no actual problems. Yeah, he's a, yeah he's a cross between like Alec Baldwin and Batman. Ugh. I just don't. Ugh. Care. Yeah, I just don't care. That's how I feel about all the problems. Like, oh, I'm sorry, your fashion line didn't work out. Yeah. I, right. You still have millions of dollars. So somebody said that you were dating a different person than you actually were. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> There's a blog that follows you constantly. Oh no. Maybe if you didn't want all that bad shit to happen, you shouldn't just do drugs constantly and sleep with everyone. Is there, is there a lot of drug use in that? Yeah, they do a lot of cocaine. Well, I figured they were. It's kind of like the, the NHL. Show focused on you. <laughs> it's basically it. <laughs> oh, no, I stole a million dollars from the NHL in 20 <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> what were we talking about again? I don't know. I was, gonna, I was about to ask you to plug your stuff. but Patrick no. Kane had 150, 160 points in 70 games. 
for the Honey for the Honey Baked U16. For the London Knights, he had 145 and 58. What the hell? He had 31 points in 16 games in the playoffs and on route to the Memorial Cup. Probably the best Memorial Cup team we've ever seen. It's really a shame he's such a scumbag. Yeah. Well, you know he's going to get a contract for the NBC after this, like Jamie Roach oh, or Mike Mulberry. Oh, right. Because he's American. And his awful commercials. Smooth. Real smooth. And the ones last year for the Team USA. I can't handle him as a TV personality. Not that I can handle anyone on NBC anyway. I can't, I can't remember. What was his commercial for last year? Like the Oh, I don't remember what he said, but it was awful. He was like, drop the gloves. Drop the puck. Drop the hammer. Patrick Kane. That wasn't even the right one. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a commercial he did, but that wasn't the one I'm thinking of. I don't remember the one he did for Team USA. I think the best commercial he him and Jonathan Hayes ever been in was like the old... Phone one where they're trying to pick up chicks at like this restaurant. Oh, yeah! If oh. you ever get a chance, go look Oof. that up. John, just look at Jonathan Tay's Patrick Kane phone commercial. And then you watch the Swedish Twins, and you think well, that's the level that <laughs> NHL commercials could have been. And then you see Kane giving Tay's phone tips, or vice versa. I don't remember who was giving you tips. Yeah. Uh, George, where can we find your hockey takes, bud? Well, you can. Once I actually get internet at my new place, you can, right. find, you can find me on the hockeywriters.com. It's gone dark, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or you can find me on Twitter where I haven't really been commenting on stuff because hockey analytics Twitter has been really weird recently with a lot of their stuff. It hasn't really been hockey related, so I can't really identify with that. Uh, by the way, you can find me at George M ten nineteen, where I just look horrified at my my phone for hours at a time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that just sorry. That just really brought me down. It's like oh. I don't want to follow George on Twitter anymore. <laughs> you don't have to. you got to work on your, your elevator speech. Well, what am I going to post? Just like, I'm just going to be a new Wint. Oh, or Statsdrill. <laughs> Here's a hot take. Statsdrill is not funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess we can't be friends I'm anymore. I'm giving that take. Original Drill is the funniest account on Twitter. Aside <laughs> for maybe Racism Watchdog. <laughs> I love that account. Um, All right, we got to get out of here. We got to you gotta write this shit up. You can find me on Twitter at waitem one one seven. Waitem. I need sorry. I need to get back into my uh, little model. I need to do it again for the final. You should. I got away from it for a while. Uh, took some time off after my brutal three weeks of doing it. Yeah, I told. I actually told my mom like, yeah, Michael's got a model now, and she's like, isn't he dating yeah, Olivia yeah, girl? That, I was that like, joke gets made a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no model. No UC Soros in my life. No. Oh. Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, Twitter, wait in 117. Uh, and, of course, this between the fangs slash between the bolts slash between the tangents slash between the canes, <laughs> you can find them on thehockeywriters.com. As well as iTunes and SoundCloud. So, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be a little bit better about doing this every Sunday from now on. Yes, because we are in the same uh, metropolitan area. Hooray. Now, it's funny to watch Georgia just in Nashville. Uh, I keep saying y'all. Y'all, he's eating barbecue. Literally 100% of the days he's been here, he's eating barbecue. <laughs> uh, a streak I intend to keep going. <laughs> Probably tonight, too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. See you Thanks. next time. Bye. <laughs>